Around 2 a.m. or so, I decided to really wake Jay up. He was sort of aware of me running around our apartment and using the washroom a lot, but these were not suspicious things to him, as I wasn't sleeping the best in my final weeks of being pregnant, and kept on doing what they call nesting activities. One night he found me divvying up and freezing soup, another reading by flashlight on how to breastfeed, and the next night cleaning out all the bug carcasses and dirt debris out of the crevices of our windows. This time though, he knew. Hot Vomit, a Ferrochrome podcast. There's so many things I love about Jay, but one of them is as soon as I whispered his name, he flew out of bed and immediately got out two timers. I didn't even know we had two timers and started documenting everything in a coil notebook as though there'd be a final exam on it. I was pretty wiped out from not sleeping and all the appointments at the hospital that day and making biscuits and a fresh pot of soup later that evening for Jay, myself and our doula if labor was to hit that weekend. Important side note, when they tell you to rest up, they mean it for a really good reason. Fuck the soup, go to sleep. But as tired as I was, I remember feeling excitement mixed with some trepidation, of course, that this was it. This was happening. And then a contraction would hit and I'd say, ow, ow, oh, 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 ow, 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 while holding onto the side of her bed with my feet running on the spot. Jay remembers that I looked at him with a quiet earnestness. And in a small voice he's only heard once or twice in our time together, I said, I don't think I can do 18 hours of this. We had learned in prenatal class that an average first birth lasts about 18 hours. Jay said something confident like, maybe it'll go faster for you. We laugh about this now. When I no longer had to use the washroom, pre-labor consisted of a lot of moaning and lying in bed on my side with a pillow between my knees and a cold washcloth on my face. It was doing my damnedest to rest in between gutting sessions. It was stopwatches and timers. It was Jay marking down in a scribbler and blue pen every contraction, every minute between them and paying attention to how I was handling them. If we could document it all, maybe that could lend the illusion of some control. It was also me using our little guy's future teething toys in my mouth, biting down into the pain, rocking my head back and forth, at times lolling, holding my breath, and clenching the sparkly baby rubber. Like if only my teeth could hold the brunt of it, I'd make it through. It was me saving a Lance Armstrong interview with Oprah to watch, thinking this would distract me enough from the pain, and realizing a few minutes into the documentary that I was now in a gigantic vice-like helium balloon floating away from Earth and all the earthly things I once found engrossing. Who gives a shit why Lance Armstrong lied, I thought. I've got a hidden knife in my pelvis that is randomly stabbing me. It was wondering, do we text the doula? Do we let the clinic know? Is this really it? Why is this unlike anything we could prepare for? Why don't people talk about this? This machete tornado bowling ball that's pushing my internal organs out of its way so it can wreak havoc with the trailer park in my pelvis. How many trailers could be left standing after this? Why so many tornadoes? Why when it leaves, it's completely gone? Like a pain or storm never passed through here, never punched my bowels or shoved my kidneys into my lungs, nothing. 
just a foreboding sense of trepidation, knowing that it did happen, and it is calm now, and it could happen again any minute. The earlier the labor, the farther away you are from any kind of schedule. Your contractions are free agents and not at all interested in marching in line. It's like your body and your uterus are tuning up their guitars during sound check, hours and hours, maybe even days before the big show. A few contractions I could witness. I could go far enough inside of myself to almost see the contraction happening. It was like a gigantic fingertip of a gigantic hand hooked itself around my back belt loop and was throttling me out to sea and then bamming me back on the shore and then giving me a swirly in the Bermuda Triangle and then shoving me ovaries first into the island of garbage in the Pacific with all the sharp plastic knobs and things shredding me. But I could see that the giant's hand and fingertip meant no harm. I saw no malice. It was just doing its job. It was like, it's already been through six of these today. It was like I was a speck and I was everything at once. It was like my existence shrunk down to a pinpoint but could fill up an ocean. And no matter how many blue markings Jay wrote down in his scribbler, he could not join me. He could not share the pummeling. And he could not save me from it. Around 5 a.m. we called the midwife on call at the hospital to let them know that I was in early labor since around 11 p.m. the night before. We didn't count the waves of menstrual cramp sensations earlier that afternoon. That champion me was like, I got this. Uh, We just counted since 11 p.m. She told us to get rest. Around 7 a.m. we texted our doula. She told us to get rest. Around 10.30 a.m., Jay started a string of text updating our family and close friends who also said, good luck, and to get rest. Around noon, the doula appears. I was thrilled. She showed Jay how to push my hips together during a contraction, which is a move of mercy. She got me more cold washcloths for my forehead, and honestly, I was biting down on those too. And she got out her TENS machine. And aside, an amazing thing happens to the brain when a body is in pain. It starts to build up some substance that makes you feel sort of trance-like, or at least in labor it does. It figures out a way to mitigate the pain by making you kind of sleepy. And luckily my brain was doing this. But because I am so well-versed in anxiety, PhD level, my brain was also desperately trying to think its way out of the pain as well, which made the pain more acute. When my brain wasn't scrutinizing each molecule of pain in blazing detail, it was feeling disappointed that labor didn't bring me to this mythical hippie earth woman that must live deep inside one of my ribs, who would sing each contraction like Joplin and still have time to stir some root vegetable soup and make out with her partner. Thanks, 1970s Ina May. No, my 35-year-old brain full of neuroses didn't magically disappear. It came right up to my face, took out a bullhorn, cleared its throat, and stayed there. Along with relaxing trance-like hormones, my brain conjured up a Woody Allen-esque character who panic monologued in my face the entire time. I have a feeling I will be learning a lot from this experience long after my stitches have healed. But back to birth, I tried the doula's TENS machine. A TENS machine is a way to divert pain. It delivers small jolts of electricity to a different part of your body to distract the brain slash nerves 
and to build up those natural hormones to put you further into the labor trance. I used this for a while. I had high hopes for the tens, but it made me kind of nauseous and agitated. You control how high it goes, and the idea is to increase it gradually to help you through contractions, but to also get your brain making some more of that fantastical brain dope. I remember really wanting this to work and to keep going with it to please my doula. P.S. She did not ask for me to please her once. In fact, the opposite of that. It's just how I am. Even in labor, I am a people pleaser. So I kept up with the TENS machine a lot longer than I'd like or was useful to me. But turns out after a while, there can be little politeness in labor. No faking it. Even though I would still try to nice my way through a few other situations later on, I had to take the tens off. In fact, I tried to rip the sensor pads right off my back like my hands were cat paws tangled in yarn string. And when I couldn't get at them, Jay ripped them off for me. Time starts to get blurry here as I was in and out of labor trance with Woody Allen's bullhorn in my face shouting to me every few minutes all the various pains and sensations I was feeling and letting me know it was only going to get much, much worse and that likely none of this was safe. And then the next contraction would take over, sometimes drowning out the bullhorn, sometimes happening right alongside with it. There were only two contractions that I remember that weren't so bad. I really breathed with them. My brain released some powerful things. I could feel these hormones softly tumble down through my body. I think I had two contractions like that. Out of hundreds, thousands, who knows? At that point, my contractions were too erratic to count as actual labor. Another two amazing contractions were the two I breathed through with my mom, who lives on the other side of the country. We were on the phone, and her voice was no longer the voice of my mom, but of a woman who has weathered a few of these storms herself. She gave birth three times. I could hear wisdom in her voice and empathy. Her voice became one I could trust, one I could hear, lost way out in tornado land. I could also hear a catch in her country star voice, the catch being she knew that it was going to get a whole lot worse. And when I would say, ow, ow, ooh, 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 ow, 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 she would respond in a gravelly 1950s country ballad, breathe, breathe in, breathe out, that's it, breathe. And then finally I gave in and breathed. And she had such a strong trust in the fact that the contraction would end, and I tried to curl up into that trust. Nearing the middle of most of my contractions, I came face to face with not only Woody Allen's bullhorn, but with a convincing fear that I'd get stuck right there forever. All my before-birth diary entries and post-it note affirmations and birth book drawings about each contraction is just bringing me closer to meeting our son, or this is my body doing its work, etc., had been incinerated in the storm when the first internal tornado hit. I was in no man's land. The only things out here were me, that gigantic, neutral, bored beast giant with the crazy fingertips, and homemade cranberry juice popsicles. And my mum's voice. After two or so contractions, I hung up with my mum. Jay continued writing things down in earnest. A few minutes, hours, years go by with me trying to keep my mum's voice with me. The gentle breathe, breathe in, breathe out. The trust that this storm will end. The gravelly country song, the experience, the empathy. But after a few more machete tornadoes, aka contractions, her voice was gone. Our doula went for lunch. I know, 
I couldn't believe anybody could do something as normal as go have a break while I was hooked up to an uncaring giant's fingertip being thrown out to the shitty parts of the ocean and back. You mean the outside world is continuing on like it's a normal day? Maybe it was due to the shock of that realization, but during our doula's lunch break, I transitioned. First, I hurled up every single cranberry juice popsicle I ate in an amazing projectile power puke. And at the exact same time, my mucus plug shot out of my vagina like a pinball. It was actually exciting in a lot of ways because the monotony of the pain cycle I was in was finally broken up. This was a different sensation. Puking was better than the TENS machine. And the power of the vomiting, which felt like a great relief, zoomed through to my other end and pushed out the mucus plug. Actually, it flew out. And my first thought was, oh my God, our carpet, we're renting. Also, for a second, I wondered if it was actually the baby shooting out of me. Yep, some wishful hippie earth mama magical thinking there. Jay and I both marveled at the mucus plug. It was a round disc of various green hues of true mucus with blood in it, like a circular marbled candy, except it was snot and plugging up my cervix. And I felt relief for a few moments, amazing relief. But like with most endings, it's truly the beginning of something else. And whammo, even more intensity, pain, speed to the stabbing machete, bowling ball, tornado, ricocheting all within my lower self. At this point in time, they considered me an act of labor. Not because I lost my mucus plug, most women aren't aware of it, going anywhere, or losing it, but because my contractions heightened and started coming regularly, seven minutes apart on the dot. Which, get this, is way too far apart to actually have a baby. Goddamn fucking labor. Also, side note to future pregnant self. You don't need to save your mucus plug to show the doula or midwife or doctor. You don't need to carry it with you to the hospital. They will believe you. They do not need it as evidence. Also, the mucus plug is not a free pass into the VIP room of Earth Hippie Mama Love Labor Fest. Amazing that a part of me is still trying to gain access to this mythical place. No, the mucus plug is just a round disc of fascinating and disgusting mucus. Also, I'd like to take this moment to reiterate, I do not recommend getting a cervical membrane sweep ever. At this point, it has taken me roughly 13 hours of labor to be medically considered in labor. I have been awake for 29 hours. Jay continues texting the group updates. There was one update where I grabbed Jay's phone between contractions while hanging over an exercise ball in her bedroom, chest up on the bed, cool washcloth on my forehead, and wrote with my thumbs. I'm amazed by her strength and other accolades about myself at the end of his text as though he wrote it. We laugh about this now. I just needed to hear that I was strong because I felt anything but... So I went ahead and told myself and all the people on the list. At that point, I was nowhere near the finish line, and I needed something. And this is when I started thinking that maybe that something is drugs? And in between contractions, I started to plot my secret plan for pain medication. I remember asking Jay in confidence about drugs. I would smile at her doula and nod, and then out of the corner of my mouth say to Jay, I think we should get a move on to the hospital or 
could you please find me drugs? Any kind of drugs, like anything. Wink, wink. I started asking these things of him around 2 p.m. We wouldn't show up to the hospital until closer to midnight. Our doula suggested a walk outside, that it would really help things. Forever a naive optimist, I thought, I love walks. And my magical thinking wanted to grasp onto anything. Maybe I won't feel this horrendous stabbing pain outside. Maybe as soon as I cross the threshold of the privacy of our apartment, I will be able to handle this so much better. Because for once, I will maneuver my social anxiety to actually work for me. And it will override the pain as I try to act normal in public. Maybe I will walk right into hippie earth mama me. What happened was this. I was still in active labor. Except now... I was in active labor outside. But it did help in various ways. I labored in our stairwell, on the stairs, with strong, low-pitched vowel sounds, swaying back and forth with one knee up on the stair in front of me. I labored on the front steps of our apartment building, clutching the green painted railing like it was the railing of a listing ship. Neighbors in the building, a very young man and his young girlfriend looked horrified when unassumingly exited the front door and saw a very pregnant me moaning and swaying and holding onto the railing for dear life. The young man wanted to know if I was okay, if we needed an ambulance. When I looked at them, the young woman's face looked of horror intensified, but I couldn't speak though. But our doula said, no, no, she's fine. She's just in labor. This is all normal and well. And the young man looked relieved and flashed me a huge smile and a thumbs up and said, right on. But the young woman's look of horror intensified even more. It was like she was trapped right along with me in the storm. Both of us occupying the shrinking space of safe cover. And one of us was inevitably going to get chucked into the oncoming tornado. That person, of course, was me. But her look said, if I want kids someday, I will have to do this. She looked paled and panicked, and my look said, fuck the fucking storm, please can somebody squeeze the fuck out of my hips. We did make it to the park. It was good. It gave me more things to look at. Everything seemed so green and ordinary, but not ordinary at all. I gave things so much more meaning. A community garden became a great bastion of hope for the future of humanity. We can work together and make beautiful things. A parent had drawn a teenage miniature turtle coming up out of a drain slash manhole, and I thought, look, look, Donata. Then I bent over, clutched a tree, and braced for the approaching murder-by-stabbing machete tornado pain that was about to seize me. That neighborly piece of fun artwork was not going to save me. But surely Donatello is real and real handy at delivering this baby? Although not a teenage mutant ninja turtle, our doula could do amazing things. As said before, she could squeeze my hips in a way that alleviated some of the pain and pressure. This helped so much. It truly made a whole whack of contractions manageable. I didn't feel like I was getting stabbed, just punched with a boxing glove strapped to a thin pillow. So a muted pain, an uncomfortable thwapping, but not the blood bone breaking drowning sensation. I hung on to most of the trees during that walk. Our doula took some pictures so we would have them as keepsakes. And I didn't want to leave the park, but I really wanted to leave labor. At one point, I bent over and patted an elderly corgi dog who kept running up to me. The dog's owner was a young woman with beautiful red lipstick and was wide-eyed embarrassed that the dog kept insisting on coming to me. 
the old pooch had enough strength in her to drag her owner to us. She apologized over and over again, but I was thrilled to pat this corgi. I was still so deep in pain and magical thinking that I thought maybe our spirits could transfer the more I touched this dog. The dog looked like it had about five minutes of life left, likely arthritis and probably some kind of worms, and that was absolutely fine with me. The woman was impressed by how much I patted her dog while going through labor, but little did she know I was trying to go all freaky Friday on her gorgeous corgi. I'll take the worms and the fleas, you take this cervix. It didn't work. I was actually half surprised that it didn't. Most people we saw in the park and around on the streets looked away as I waddled, probably out of politeness, or looked concerned or were alarmed by my laboring and sounds. Most crossed the street and didn't make eye contact. Jay said it was interesting to see that every single young woman who crossed our path pretended it wasn't happening and refused to look at me. He said there was one young mom, though, carrying a baby who stopped, stared at me, grimaced, and saluted in a curt head nod, but that all the other women got as far away as possible. I was hugging too many trees and moaning to notice, but I don't blame them. The look at me was pretty dang far away from a Gerber or yogurt commercial. When we got home, I got in the shower. Our doula had talked about how good a hot shower would feel, so I put off having one until after the walk in order to have something to look forward to, a little hope bait. It was nice, not as powerful as I wanted, but it did soothe me. Then, at one point as I was standing in the shower, a contraction brought me to my knees. And this is when my shower turned into a bath, and also when I stopped standing upright altogether. I threw off the recent human legacy of bipedalism and joined my chimpanzee buddies by moving on all fours. If I didn't need to stand, as in leaving our apartment for the hospital, I crawled. I was pretty much on my hands and knees for the rest of my labor, crawling between our bedroom to rock on the exercise ball with my head on the bed, or to crawl to the bathroom. I wanted to be in tiny spaces. I wanted to feel the walls hug me. I wouldn't stand up unassisted again hot vomit a ferrochrome podcast